You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. As we get ready for free agency, I wanted to bring you a player who had to leave via free agency a year ago, a fan favorite, running back Chris Thompson. Just a special guy to deal with over the years, and I know, again, a fan favorite. So while there will be a lot to discuss with free agency over the next week and beyond, it's also something we've been speculating on for a couple months, so hopefully you are prepared as to what may or may not happen or their philosophy. So I wanted to give you something a little, di- a little bit different today. Thompson was always a personal favorite because of his professionalism, ability to provide deep insight into his game, his improvements, and just a good guy to deal with. As a reminder, you can read my work on ESPN.com. There will be constant updates on Washington's free agency moves. I do have a story up now dealing with free agency, where they can find the best value. Is it in free agency or the draft? Both. As, a, as former NFL GM Mike Tannenbaum told me for the article, knowing a position is strong in the draft allows teams to feel more comfortable walking away if the deal gets too rich for their blood and for agency. Among those kind of positions in the draft where Washington needs help, receiver, linebacker, offensive line, especially tackle. That does not mean they won't pursue those spots in free agency, especially receiver. It just means if they fail to have excellent options in draft, then they can walk away. But as others have said, you can't fill every need in the draft, so you won't always wait just because it's good in the draft. If you can get a guy now, you get him, then you can focus on something else in the draft. I do expect them to be aggressive for guys they like. I've been saying that for a while, as have some others. After missing out on, on receiver Amari Cooper last year as their big catch, I do expect or maybe better yet predict that they'll land one of their key guys this period. As others have, who have worked for Dan Snyder have told me, you can't miss for your top targets under him very often without getting in a lot of trouble. And as some others have told me, this is where guys like Martin Mayhew and Marty Herney can help a cap guy such as Rob Rogers close these deals. One thing I know they want to add a receiver is speed. Now, some of the top targets don't necessarily have burner speed, but they are playmakers. Kenny Galladay is a 4-5 guy who makes big plays. Juju Schuster is not a burner, and to be honest, I'm not sure I'd pay him a monster deal, but he is tough, and he does kind of bring a mindset. Speed guys, Corey Davis, Will Fuller, Curtis Samuel, Nelson Aguilar in particular, and again, the draft is deep there. Not sure about linebacker. I know they want Kevin Pierre-Lewis back. Not sure about a guy like Jalen Brown. I was told the other day there had been no interest communicated to that point. Now, doesn't mean there won't be when legal tampering begins on Monday. A lot of times people know by now, but certainly not always. I do think they'll come out of this with a quarterback. I don't know who for sure or, or what, but I do think Marcus Mariota remains a definite possibility, especially if the Raiders release him. Of course, you know all the other names. You can run it down yourself, but that's what I'm paying attention to because if they release him because of the cap, We already know that they have interest in him, and I think that would be interesting. With Washington's own free agents, Dustin Hopkins will be back on a one-year deal. I know they've been talking to Nick Sundberg. We know that they want Ronald Darby back, but also know he understands he'll have options in free agency, which makes it a little tougher. We know Ryan Kerrigan wants to start again, but in talking to some people around the league, they view him as a situational guy at this point. So I don't know if he's going to find what he wants outside of here. I haven't received a good answer from anyone here if they'd want to bring him back in a lesser role or if he he seems like he might be okay with that, but I know he wants to start. I do know, and we'll see. I mean, I haven't talked to every team. It just takes one. But when you, you know, when I talk to the people, I, the people I have talked to saw him as situational. I do know as of a few days ago, there'd been no contact with Washington. I don't know yet if that's changed. If it, if it does, you can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram, John Con, ESPN, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, ESPN.com. Finally, Washington enters free agency with the six most salary cap room. That doesn't mean they're going to use it all on free agents. And please remember not to panic if there's no move right away. Though, again, I think there will be. I think. Someday, I hope people realize there are more ways to improve than just signing a guy on the first day of free agency. 
Logan Thomas, J.D. McKissick were key signings that did not happen, that they, they were not, you know, greeted with parades. Um, also remember that when you see a per year average, just wait until you see the contract details before truly understanding the move and what the money means. The initial money is always designed mostly for the agent to make it look better than it probably ends up being. It's also funny because you haven't seen as many rumors about Washington's plans outside of quarterback. While you can credit them for being more quiet, fewer leaks, whatever, the bigger reason, I think, is really the loss of the combine. That's where the gossip starts. It's easy to be quiet when you're in your own building. The combine, the number of conversations, is off the charts. That's not just here. It's with any team. Bumping into guys in the hotel lobby, whatever, it always leads to conversations about free agency, who they might get. You know, get maybe maybe you may find out some guys are like they're not going to tell you all their plans, but you are going to find out some stuff there. With the loss of that, I think you've seen that around the league um, that you don't see as many things coming out. Anyway, that's all I have to say. After this break, I'll be back with former Washington running back Chris Thompson. He goes in depth on how much it hurt him to leave Washington. What's up? It's Mike Jones from the Football Jones Podcast. I know you're enjoying your time with the John Kime Report, but once you're done, I want to invite you to come over and check out my podcast. Each week, we take a deep dive into some of the most pressing topics around the NFL. High-profile guests from the coach, player, and front office ranks, as well as the top league insiders. Check out the Football Jones Podcast, another fine product brought to you by Empire Media. Welcome back. Now here's my conversation with Chris Thompson. Well, Chris, before we get into other things, I just want to, how are you doing? How, how, how is the daughter? How's everything going? Oh, I'm good. Um, everything's good. My daughter's running around like crazy now. Uh, everybody's good. Just enjoying this Florida weather. It's been nice. <laughs> well, cause she's now what about 15 months? 15. Or so? Yep. So she's already running around pretty well. Yeah, she started walking at 10 months, so now oh, she's wow. just all over. Doesn't stop till 8 o'clock at night, bedtime. How are the option routes by her? Is she able to juke a linebacker yet? <laughs> she ain't got there yet, but okay. she, uh, <laughs> slowly. Okay, well, well, good. Um, and how how's your back? Oh, it's, it's good. Um, I just got cleared by the doctors like three weeks ago, so um, it's good, like, good to go i've been working out um i don't get any pain it just feels tired sometimes like basically muscle weakness and once i heal up those like muscles around the the fracture it'll be i'll be fine was it weird for you last year not being here yeah um it was it was weird honestly it was it was pretty tough like i have i realized after being in Washington for so long that I have a pro I have a maybe separation anxiety, maybe mm. uh, what you would call it. Um, it was real. It was very difficult for me to like separate myself from, from that. So like for me, I mean, it's even, it's, it sounds bad, but it's not, it's not bad. Like, even in relationships, I'm not a person, whether relationships, friendships, anything, like, it's hard for me to separate. So I'm not a person that can just, like, up and leave right? and just, or, you know, this person not my friend anymore. I can't do that. Like, I have a hard time, like, separating. So for me, it was, it was tough. It took me, it took me a long time to just kind of, like, get over that and realize, like, you know, that phase of my life is, is over. Did, how much did you pay attention to what was going on here? Throughout? I know you got your own season going on, but then you mm -hmm. get hurt. So you're out, but how much you were paying attention to what they did down the stretch here? All the time. I, mm -hmm. I pay attention to those, uh, those guys all the time. I mean, I, it's guys that I met there that, you know, will be guys that I continue to stay in contact with for the rest of my life. And, um, you know, I, I root for them heavy. And mm -hmm. one big thing for me that I, I feel like that helped me and, uh, you know, I, I never really said, I never said anything about it, but um, Dan texted me mm. um, and just thanked me for, you know, my time there and, and, and everything I did, you know, while I was healthy and on and off the field. And 
to me, like that meant a lot. And I know like the fan base is not, <laughs> not too fond of him. Um, but over my last, I say like three or four years there, I got to, to talk to him more and um, get to know him more. And I, and I started to like him and, and, or I liked him even more than I did uh, before. And, to me, that just meant a lot. That was like, that was a game changer for me um, just to hear from him because he didn't have to reach out. And he doesn't but, always do that with others too. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that meant a lot to me that he uh, he reached out to me and um, and thanked me for all my time there. And we have, you know, you and I had talked throughout the spring because I did that story on you, yeah. you know, what it was like in free agency and all that. But, you know, throughout that, what was the hardest part you know, for you leaving here, what was there a time where you just said this was the hardest day thinking about leaving here or actually doing it? What was the hardest part? Um, or when was? For me, the hardest, the hardest day I had through this whole process was um, the day before free agency started. And once that once free agency starts you're not able to go back in the building anymore so um i had talked to dan like before that so i kind of knew i knew what the situation was and to have to go through and you know give my goodbyes to everybody and people that i probably some that i may never see again and some i won't see for a while unless i'm visiting uh virginia um just ha just having to say goodbye to all those people after being there, being with them, and building those relationships for seven years um, was hard. That was a that was a tough day, and I think that was um, why I had such a hard time mm -hmm. separating as well was uh, the people that the non athletes that were in the building and. You know, I I had a relationship like with y'all, with reporters. Right. I spoke, talked to y'all every day. Um, so it was just that whole part of it was was hard for me. And um, this is kind of a side note, but I don't know if you remember. I think it was in, it was probably like 2014 or 2015. You had uh, wrote an article about guys that you thought you know, didn't have a shot to make the team. And I had an issue with it. And remember, like, <laughs> we had that whole, me and you, we talked about it. And, like, looking back on everything now, like, it's crazy that for me, being a young guy, I really didn't understand the role, like, report as reporters, you have a job to do as well. And as a young guy, I didn't really understand that. And then now being an older guy and, after being with the team so long, like you became one of my favorite people, which is crazy. And uh, one of the one of the ones that continue to, you know, stay in contact with me, which means a lot to me. But um, that's what that 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 was the um, the battles for me. Yeah. And the hardest part was just, you know, everybody. It wasn't just my teammates. It was it was everybody. Um, just having the everything just it, you know it just gets cut cut off and it's just like that and that is tough you know and it's funny because from this end and I was just thinking about this before I started talking like you're one of, you're in my top five of favorites to deal with because and it's over my time here because the professionalism the consistency and just the likability and just how much time you gave us but it was always like you always had something to say and you know, I yeah. put like you know, Santana Moss is up there, Daryl Green, John Jansen, guys like John Jansen, you know, their champ Bailey was up there. So like, that's, that's how I always viewed you. Cause it was the professionalism mm -hmm. that's, and, and, you know, from this end, it's, that's something that's always appreciated is, is that, and not to mention the fact that whenever we talk to you, you always gave us something, not like outlandish, but something insightful. Yeah. And like, there were little things, like I remember you talking one time about how you had to learn how to pause on, you know, to run your routes with more patience and how like Pierre Thomas had helped you realize that. And you had a play where you did that and like, but you can share, you share that insight 
which is always appreciated and tremendous. So I just always wanted to tell you that, but like that was something that from this end that I know I and others always appreciated. So um, that was that was that was that was really good. But <laughs> I am I am curious for you now. You know how you look. Well, for, let me. I'll get to that in a minute. But when you look at when when you would watch these guys, what things would jump out to you? And was it weird watching a guy like J.D. McKissick, who was essentially kind of filling that role that you had? Um, it's it's crazy because, like, you know, looking looking back at it or on the outside looking in, it's like, oh, they brought in this guy to basically take what my what my job, what my role was, and for you know some guys or you know whatever job you're you're in it's kind of a tough thing to deal with and to see but like for me I was excited about it like at first I was like I know I can do some things for this offense but then for me reality hit my situation uh with my injuries and everything you know reality just it hit me and uh, and then I was like all right who are they going to bring in? They drafted Gibson and I was like, oh, this guy, like he can do it all. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's going to be good. And then they signed McKissick and I was like, bro, this is about to be unfair <laughs> because he is, he's truly a receiver that can play running back. That's just my opinion of, mm-hmm. of who he is. And um, I think what he had 80 some catches or almost a hundred. It's a lot. Yeah, he had a lot. It was just him and I think Alvin Kamara. But like to see that, I was just like I was super psyched for him. Um, I was happy for Coach Jordan because he, you know, he gets to coach these guys. And, yeah. Um, he had a he had a great a great room with Gibson, uh, Barber, and McKissick there. Um, but to see like what everything he's done, like the one thing that I thought about, I'm like, you know. I guess for the history books, I got up somewhere with, I think, receptions or yards or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, man, he's he keeps on this pace like he'll break it in two years. Three <laughs> years. Like so I'm, I, I get excited to to see stuff like that and just hoping like they have he has the most success um, in that offense. And, you know, hopefully they keep him around because he's he's a younger guy, too. Right. I believe. Yeah, he and he hasn't been playing running back for too long. Too, yeah, so. and he but, was—I mean, he was really playing slot receiver in Detroit. Right. So, um, you know, he has some some longevity uh, to him. I think with the the role and the position he plays. When, when you would watch him, you talk about playing receiver, and one—that's one thing that I watch him on when when he after he signed, watch him plays in Detroit. He ran some routes that running backs traditionally don't seem to run a lot of. I mean, what kind of things jumped out at you when you would watch him in that regard? Yeah, it was just like for me seeing him some games in Detroit, for one, I'll go back to Detroit, just seeing him line up in the slot. And, I mean, their starting running back is in, but he's lining up truly as the the slot receiver as that number three receiver and just looking at a lot, all the routes he was running. I was like, man, with that offense that had McCaffrey, he's going to be all over the place. And then with the talent that Gibson has, I was like, just with them two together, it's so many uh, options that you have to, to work with two guys, two guys like that. And, um, he to me like if you put him in the backfield, there's no way that you can have a proper matchup for it. Right. Um, like you know, for DBs, most teams are usually just put a safety there. You don't want to use one of your cornerbacks because then if you run the ball, you got you got a small body there. You got a a smaller body there, like in the box. So it's just it's a mis- mis- mismatch all over the place. Um just having a guy like that and um yeah that was that was pretty much it just he he's a mismatch when he's on the field you can't the only way you can stop him I think is you have to put like a true nickel nickel corner out there on you know and and you know it's funny because he was very effective and he you know he's a really good guy too to yeah. deal with 
one thing though, it's funny because sometimes I, <clears throat> I'll go back to, I think it was 2017, when you get hurt in New Orleans, that year, how good you were. Yeah. And when you were, I think, because that was the year you guys were trying to place Deshaun Jackson. I remember even writing like early in the year, you were the new Deshaun Jackson in terms mm-hmm. of the big, in terms of big play. Big play, yeah. Do you look, how often do you look back to that moment? Because like, I'm not, we saw you coming off on the stretcher after the game. Like, I'm not sure I've seen a guy as crushed as you were in that moment because of what that season was, what it meant, had to mean for you. But do you look back on that moment at all? And, and, you know, or that. Yeah. I mean, I, I look back on it and um, it's tough sometimes because of the season that I was having, that was, you know, my, that was my career year right there where um, you, I, I don't know what my numbers would have looked like if I played the last, I think seven games. Like I was on a, I was on a crazy pace. I think averaging 17, 18 yards of reception or something like that. Like it was just amazing. Like everything just seemed to be falling into place um, that year for me. And, you know, sometimes those conversations are had like, what if, what if you didn't get hurt? Like, well, not so much what if, but can you imagine right? what it, you know, what life could have been like if you didn't get hurt because i had just signed my new deal but think about if if i played it out um and had you know maybe a pro bowl year possibly um that would have had that would have changed a lot of things you know for me and um but it's one of those things as well like i try not to think about it like for me um everything happens for a reason and sure um you know it's I, I go back and look at the highlights to to enjoy them but I don't talk so much or worry so much on uh what could have been that's more so like friends and family and yeah and it, uh, listen it's you're in the sport you're in and people get hurt and all that it's yeah. just I, I just I was looking at that the other day and I just, I do remember thinking like you are the new Deshaun Jackson, as yeah. far as the big plays that you gave them yeah. and it was consistent and you were killing guys. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I know, you know, I don't have to tell you that, but, but you were killing <laughs> guys and they put a line back, you know, it just anyway, but you're also, you know, you had those injuries, you're 30 years old and you've been through a lot. How much do you want to keep playing? Um, well, that's one thing that's been a conversation. Um, for me, like I've had, I, I have had had way too many injuries, in my opinion. But um, to me, like as other than my ankle in 2017, I feel like I haven't had anything that's like hindered me and my abilities. My ankle still gets sore from time to time, but it doesn't it doesn't affect me um, as far as like you know I don't have you know, thinking about like, oh, I don't have the ability to cut like I used to or anything. Like it doesn't fa- affect me in that way. It's just, it gets sore. It still gets sore, you know, um, three years later. But I still want to play. Uh, my my biggest thing and one of my biggest goals was to make it to, to 10 years. And if anything happens after that, then that's an added bonus. But um my goal i i want to do at least 10 and um i'm two years off of that so hopefully um i get some opportunities here um here soon and we'll see what happens i i I know and understand like with my injury history and then just having a back injury um teams are a little skeptical and scared to kind of mess with injury what guys that have injuries dealing with a back and stuff so um just gotta wait and see what is it that you still like about this game because again you've been through a lot so what is it that you still like when you say like yeah i know i've had this and this and this but i man i still love this part of it just just being with the guys um and being able to to help younger guys now like for me after 
being in the league for so long and, you know, outside of the injuries, just being in the league for so long and everything that I've learned. I love, I enjoy like helping the younger guys um, out as much as I possibly can. And then I just, I just love playing ball. Like I just, I love it. And that's why I never, I, I, I just can't like, give up regardless of what I go through. I just, I, I still have that love for it. Like, like I did when I was a little kid and that's really what keeps me going. And then um, <clears throat> that being in that locker room, there's just, it's, it's nothing like it. Just having guys from all different areas from all across the U S some coming from other countries. Um, it's, it's, it's nothing like it. And and I love that part. Um, to me, it's not it's it's not about the money. Like I'm not a person that ever ever cared about that. Um, I just love being around the guys and just just playing the game. And you know, like I, I I've said a lot. It's it's a kid's game, and and I'm blessed and I'm grateful that I'm able to to do this. And I just want to do it as long as my body. Uh, will let me and as long as my mentals are in, in place and, and I'm good mentally I'll keep playing hey this is Joel Corey from inside the cap I know you're enjoying the John Conn report which gives you insider access to the Washington football team everything you want you want to know which is going on with the Washington football team once you're done with that, check out my podcast, Inside the Cap, which gives you the ins and outs of the NFL salary cap and player contract negotiations. Check out these two products and other fine podcasts from Empire Media. One of the things I always appreciated about what you did and is that it seemed like every year that you would work on something else to get better. Like one year, you're, you, know, you became a better pass protector. You became a better route runner because you're spending time with receivers, and it seemed like and you learned how to run them. And again, like we talked about with like Pierre Thomas at a different pace to understand mm-hmm. how it sets up. You know, how do you look back in your career as to why you've been able to last? Is that how much of that is a big key in all that? I think it's been huge, and then I think for me, um, one of the biggest things I learned about the NFL and being able to last long, like it's hard to. It's hard to get in. I feel like it's easier to stay in. Hmm. Um, and one way that you can stay in is you you figure out figure out what you're good at and try to be the best at that. Don't try to be like everybody else. Like I, I would never be AP. I would never be James Robinson or Alvin Kamara or Derrick Henry. I'm just, I'm not built that way. But I figured out what I can do and I did it consistently. And I'm still able to do it on a consistent basis to where coaches trust me. They know know what I can do. They don't worry about me so much making mistakes. Um, I'm consistent in what I do. I'm consistent in my approach and the way that I go about my work and my professionalism. And I feel like that's what, that's what separates guys is, you know, finding what, what it is that makes you who you are and then being consistent with it. And once you can figure out those two things, it's, you can stay in this league. And that's why you see a lot of these special teams guys Mm -hmm. that last for years. Nick Sunberg will play until he's 55 if he wants to <laughs> because he's never had a bad snap. At least I haven't seen it. In the seven years I was with him, I never saw him have a bad snap. It's things like that that keeps keeps these guys in. And then you look at guys like – I think just I just saw Justin Bethel just mm-hmm. uh, signed a, a extension, and he was a top cornerback in college. He did good as a cornerback when he was in, I think it was Arizona. Mm-hmm. And, but he was also a special teams guy there. And I know like it has to be hard mentally when you come from college being that guy to then them saying, okay, you're a special teams guy, but he got great at it. And now 
he's considered one of the better special teams players in this league. I'm sure he didn't come in thinking that, oh, I'm going to just be a special teams guy, but he has. And now and he's going to play for a long time. Matthew Slater, same yeah. way. He's going to play for a long time. Um, and they they found out what they're really good at, and they've been consistent with it, and that's what keeps you in. One thing, too, that I remember a few years ago, you talked about um, battling confidence issues, or are they trying to get that? And people look at you guys like you're, I don't want to say robots, but you're pro athletes. You, you know, you're in the league and all that. How hard is it, though? Because like, everything is relative. So how many guys do you think kind of battle that, and what helped you get past that? Um, it's, it's tough. Um, and for me, it's, it's one of those things I, I still struggle with from time to time and it happens, it'll happen throughout the season. Sometimes it happened during the off season or after injuries or something like that. But, um, it's, (laughs) it's tough. It's tough. And um, I think it's just one of those things where you have to um, just figure out, you have to figure yourself out and figure out what makes you, you, and then you just have to stick with the fact that you truly believe that you are who you are and you, and you are great at whatever it is that you do. And you have to keep reminding yourself of that because there's a lot of things that happen um, throughout your NFL careers and even throughout games that can just, it, it can take you like far left and you're like, who in the world is this player? And um, I'll bring up Zeke, for example. He's not a guy that had a lot of fumbles and stuff his career, but he had a lot this year. And this guy that I play Xbox with was asking me, he was like, why, why did he have such a bad season as far as like fumbling? And I said, the biggest thing is your confidence. And once it, once it happens one time, it's always stuck in the back of your head. And you're like, the more you think about, I don't want this to happen. It's going to happen again. And it's one of those things where you gotta, you have to remind yourself, like for Zeke, Zeke knows who he is. Everybody knows who Zeke is. He's not a guy that fumbles the ball a lot, but you know, it's, it's one of those tough things. Like you gotta, I'm not, I'm not this guy. I might've had a bad game, but this is not who I am. And you have to constantly remind yourself of that. And if you don't, um, it gets, it gets tough and it wears on you mentally. And, um, that's where sometimes guys will just go from being this player to like, I don't know who he is or who this guy is like, or you, you know, some people are like, well, what happened to him? If they're not a guy that, you know, has gotten older in their early late thirties, um, when physical ability starts to leave you. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like that's, for me, I know for me, that was my key was realizing who I am and and sticking to it and um, not comparing myself to everybody else. Because right. that's what that's where I that's where I struggled with at first, trying to be like a lot of different guys. And you can look at them and learn from them, but you can't be them. You can't do what they do. What was your favorite moment? Do you have a moment that stands out from your time here? Um, that night coming back from Philly in 2015, when we won a division and there were so many fans at risk at risk and park that we couldn't even drive, get the buses through to get to our cars. Like they were so hyped and excited for us, like winning the, winning the division again and, and making it to the playoffs. Um, that, I'll never, I'll never forget that day. Like that was, that was exciting. That was an exciting week uh, for me as well. Um, and I'll never forget that. And that's, that's that feeling that I've been chasing and been wanting hmm. 
for a long time. And then to see the guys get there and, you know, guys like that I was there with for years, Kerrigan, Mo, uh, Morgan, those guys that I was with, <laughs> you know, six or more years or whatever, um, just to see them get there again and have that feeling again, like I was super excited for them because there's it's you can't explain that feeling. And that's one thing that I've been like, man, I can't, before I'm done, I want that feeling again. Before I'm done playing, I want to, I, I want that feeling. And like, I will do anything possible to, to feel that again. What do you think held you guys back after that? I know you guys were kind of got close, but was there something that you felt maybe held you guys back a little bit or was a reason why maybe it didn't get to where you guys wanted to go? Um, that's tough to say. I don't know. Um, it's, I know sometimes it's hard to, it's not an easy thing to get back in, get in the playoffs for one. And then for two, it's hard to, it's hard sometimes to be able to, figure out how to um, control control everybody's emotion and confidence after having what some is considered like the greatest level of success. Mm. Like when you think about it, like for me, looking back, like looking back at college, um, I never won a national championship. Got close to being there. Um, one year, my senior year, but we we messed it up um, against NC State or whatever. But um, I would just say, like, a lot of people haven't come from, like, winning cultures. So for them to – for guys to make it to the – just make it into the playoffs and win the division was like, oh, we made it. To me, I'm excited about stuff like that, but I want – a Super Bowl and when you have a team that that's counted out that people don't believe in and you make it you have a lot of you have a you have guys that come from different programs come from different areas where you make it one year and then the next subconsciously it's you don't put in the same amount of work I think is the way to say it. Like you feel like every, I feel everybody works hard. Well, NFL players, we all work hard, but it's, you have to take it to, once you make it one time, you have to kind of take it to another level. And I don't know how as a full group you get there, but you have to take it to a, another level. And that's physically, to me, that's physically and mentally and we obviously lost in the first round. That wasn't good enough. And it was a horrible loss. It shouldn't have been like it shouldn't have happened the way that it did. But um it's that confidence going back in sometimes that it can it can hurt sometimes when you make it and you had that confidence like, oh, we made it one time, we can make it next year. Like we good instead of like, all right, we you have to wipe that out and we got to start new and just grind this thing out all over again and remember some of the steps that helped us get there, but it still wasn't good enough. Could you tell that guys weren't that some guys were like that? I always felt like guys continued to work hard, but then on the mental side, you just never, you never know. Right. Cause like I said, everybody thinks different. You got a lot of, you got guys from all different, different, parts of the uh, of the u.s um all coming together for you know a common goal which is to win a trophy but you never know like mentally where they are i feel i don't feel like a, any guys like lost the steps stopped working as hard but uh it's tough like something something always changes and that's mm -hmm. why you see teams you see some that consistently they're in every year and then you see teams that like, you're like, oh my God, what happened? 
And then changes happen. Players leave, coaches leave, and sometimes that could be that could be it as well. Sure, a- absolutely, and that always plays a factor. And the and the line here is, I mean, listen, you guys win the last game in 2016, you're back in the playoffs, right. and people are like, oh, okay, they had back to back years. So yeah. it's sometimes it's one game, and like you know, you don't play well that day. So yeah. how, just a couple more things, and I always appreciate your time as always. How do you look back on your career here? Because your career isn't done. So how do you look back on it here? I thought it was great. Um, for me, I enjoyed every every single moment of it. Um, it was awesome. Like the only thing I really wanted more was more playoff appearances right. uh, to, to win more games because I felt like we had some we had some some uh, good key players and you know I know like with salary cap reasons all of that you can't keep everybody together but I feel like that core that we had in 15 I think it was 15 16 with D-Jack and Pierre uh, Garcon like if we could have kept that group together I thought we could have continued to to grow and to to be something great um you if you had a deep threat with you coming out of the backfield that makes a big difference I know I know it would it would have been fun, but that's um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like I thought it was good outside of the injuries um, or with the injuries. That was one thing I wish didn't happen so much with me and my time there, and people could truly see. They got to see it, but if people could truly see like who who I am and what I could be, you know, in a full season, but. I truly, I believe the fans enjoyed it, and the feedback I still get from fans. I'm sure, you know, I, I enjoyed it, and my time was was well spent there. And um, I mean, I have, I have, absolutely no regrets. Like that was the great, some of the greatest years of my life there. And then I want to ask you about two quarterbacks because you play with them both, and they're now they're no longer here. But Alex Smith, you know, you saw you were there when he got hurt. And you're watching late in the year. What was it like watching him? I was so excited to just see him, see him come back, um, and be able to play the way that he did. Because um, a couple years ago, like even talking to athletic trainers, getting a couple, like picking uh, a couple doctors' heads. Um, to see what they thought about about him and his injury, like really didn't see him coming back um, and being able to play like at a high level and for him to just defy the odds like that and be able to come in and help 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 them get to the playoffs. Like it was it was amazing to see. And I don't like I was super excited for him. Um, He's a great guy, and I think he he deserves it. He's been one of those guys um, that his his entire career has been full of people not believing in him, mm-hmm. and it sucks because he was the number one pick. I know, and he every situation he's been in, it's you know been situations where he wasn't a hundred percent truly you know believed in and I felt like when he got here like he was that guy and I feel like he felt like oh I truly have a chance here and to get us in his first year up to six and three uh before his injury like I know he was he was hyped for that and it was just devastating to see him like get injured after everything like he's been through and you know it's nothing against other organizations business is business but um you know it has to be tough as a number one pick to have Colin Kaepernick come in in San Fran yeah and then I think he got injured and Cap came in and played and then I mean Patrick Mahomes speaks for itself now (laughs) you know looking at it but for him like finally having some sense of security when he got here and then it injury went down like that where 
looked like he would never play again uh to see him come back now and and be able to do what he's doing and he's going to continue to play uh has been it's just just great to see and um i think he's inspired everybody in the football world and, and I agree with that. And I think the, the last one is then Dwayne Haskins. We, I remember talking to you last year. You were pretty optimistic about his future. Mm-hmm. Are you surprised to see where it went with him? I'm going to be honest. I'm not, I'm not surprised. And I say that because for him, um, and I've said it to a lot of people, like I was like, I'm excited about his future. Um, I, I did think at the time um, when he was there last year as a rookie <clears throat> or his rookie year that I didn't feel like he was ready to go. And mm-hmm. I felt like at that time the coaches were making a good decision by um, not playing him and, and continuing to let him sit back and, and learn the offense. But then – things happened. We weren't playing as good as we right. were and we had to throw them in the fire and whether people, you know, some people believe that's fair. That's not fair. That is fair. Every player should be ready at any time. But um, I think you have to consider situations that guys were in. He's one of those guys. He played 13, 15, 14 games in the last three years before, or the, his last four years before getting um, in the Washington. So with a guy like that, you, um, you know, you have to get give him time to, to learn. And then coming from certain college, uh, offenses, there's a lot of things that you have to learn as well. Going from reading, uh, reading cardboard, reading, uh, posters on the sideline to going in. Now you got to call these four plays, go up, look at the defense. Oh, is it a three technique? Is it this? Is it that? Is it one high safety, two high safety? Where where do I need to go with the ball? It's a lot to think about. And it's a and, lot to consider as a rookie. And yeah. he was just, he was thrown out there. And then I had a talk with him. Um, I think it was either after the season or during the season. Um, and I told him, I was like, bro, this year didn't go how any of us expected. Um, I know this year didn't go how you expected it to go. And I want you to consider and think about one thing is reality of the situation. When new coaches come in, they're going to bring their people with them. And I said, it's one, it, it goes one of two ways. They're going to bring in their people and you get out of here or they're going to say, okay, he's, he's definitely our guy and we're going to build everything around him to help try to give him the best situation that we possibly can. And they did a little bit of both in my opinion. I will say they did both. Um, You know, obviously brought in their quarterbacks uh, with them as any coach is going to do. And they brought in some pieces uh, to help him, but also he was in another, he was in a new offense. So you're trying to learn a completely different offense. You've been given two offenses in your first two years in the league to you got to get this and you got to learn this in a matter of months. And we need you to go out there and perform. And being a quarterback in Washington is hard. Yeah. It's, it is hard and, and it's pressure. And, you know, I feel like from what I've known about Coach Rivera, um, he's a guy that's well respected around the league and he's a guy that demands the best out of his players and, and everything every single day. And he was given the opportunities and it just it just didn't work out for him. And now now he's over in Pittsburgh and you know, I don't know how how players were, you know, once I left Washington, but I do know some guys that's in Pittsburgh and they're gonna put some fire up under him, and either you go get you gonna get right, or you gonna crumble to the ground. Cause yeah. it's some guys there that, and I mean players, not coaches. It's some guy, it's some players there that's gonna, you know, be on him and demand his very best every single day. And I think, I think this might be really good for him. 
And then to be with a guy, uh, you know, like Big Ben um, to help him, I think that's going to be, that'll be big too. Um, he had Alex helping him, but sometimes it's tough to hear somebody telling you, but they can't go out there and put the work in with you. So I think, I think he's going, I think, I think it, it has the potential to be a, a really good situation. for him. And I always wondered with him too, is I always felt like he's a good kid. I mean, yeah. he, he was oh, always nice. Sure. He's a nice, respectful kid. I mm -hmm. think it's, there's not, you know, I don't hear it. And there's nothing there. I also wonder, you know, sometimes you wonder, you see the selfie. Do you need to grow? Do you need to mature a little yeah. bit? And was that maybe a, a bigger sign than we realized at the time to show yeah. some of that? You know what I mean? Yeah. And that is, that's why I said he needed time. It wasn't, it wasn't all just on the football stuff. Like he, he needed time to mature. Like he's a kid and so you got, you have some quarterbacks that come in and they're just wired differently. Russell Wilson, I'll use for example, he's just, he was, he was wired differently. And it's nothing against Dwayne or any other quarterback that comes in and just, you know, still a kid just trying to learn. Everybody's wired different. Everybody's process is different. And you have to know that. You have to respect that. Sometimes you don't have the patience or you don't have the time to be like, okay, we can we can sit here and be patient with this guy. Jay didn't have that. I'm going to just be honest. Like, no, he did not. I take not even just Jay. The whole coaching staff didn't have the time after – being below average the last few years and it being the same staff, you don't have a lot of time. Like no. you have to be like, okay, we got to get this right. I got to get this right right now. And if I don't, then my job, my job is on the line. And I think that has to be considered and thought about too. When uh, you look at that situation, you know, from the outside, from, you know, a, a, fans perspective because there were a lot of people saying oh well Jay did, just didn't put the time in uh, or the coaching staff just didn't put the time in and some of them felt like they didn't have time to like, it was a bad situation for yeah it was it was tough it was tough and arm talent nobody I don't think anybody that I've played with at quarterback can can compete with him other than maybe RG3 as, as far as like arm strength and just arm talent. But, <laughs> you know, you just sometimes staffs don't have time to, you know, help grow and develop guys over years. And he just needed time. He's not a bad quarterback, in my opinion. And a really good kid. He just needed some time. He is. A, he is a good kid. I always like talking to him for that reason. Chris, you're awesome. I greatly appreciate your time. It was good catching up with you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That's it for this episode. Really hope you enjoyed hearing Chris Thompson. I appreciate him joining me. And thank you, as always, for listening. I'll be back with another episode later in the week. And if there's breaking news, big breaking news, I will do a bonus podcast. Talk to you next time.